Hello, my name is Mumba Dodwell and this is Ordinary Artists. Hello, in this podcast I'm talking to Uriel Klein-Mokongo. Uriel is a writer and creator of the show Yvette. It had been on tour for a month in May through April. That is a lie because how does May through April work? Lol. What I mean was it was on tour from April till May. Um, I'm really slightly irritated myself. That's really weird, really slightly irritated. But anyway, I'm irritated because I had hoped that I would release this podcast so that you would be able to catch it at least the bush, which was its last part of the tour. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't. Um, so what I can say is that if it comes back again, which I really hope it does, um, I will definitely be tweeting and letting you guys know that you can go see it. Um, the show Yvette is about a young girl. It's a kind of a coming of age story and it's about that clash of cultures between being a second generation immigrant and being in the Western world and how that impacts a young girl's growth and beauty standards and what it means to be an ideal woman. Um, the show has loop pedals, it has singing, it has rapping, it has storytelling um, and it was just a really nice show that I could relate to and it was sad as well, like it was really sad, like just the conflicts that we have as black women when we grow up. Um, so yeah, it was really sad in that, in that retrospect but talking to um, Uriel was really great we enjoyed a pint of cider in the Battersea Arts Centre on a nice sunny day and um, we talk about her producers China Plate which you should check out because they help um, with fringe shows and venues and marketing and just putting a show together um, and also we talked about being second generation immigrants well technically I'm not a second generation immigrant I was born in Zambia then I moved to England but Nonetheless, there was this like thing of growing up at home and realizing that I lived in two worlds all the time, maybe sometimes even three. Um, and yeah, so we bonded on that and like having to go back to our home countries and experiencing that. So yeah, I really hope you enjoy this because I was cackling at the end. I said, well, I mean cackling, but you couldn't quite hear it on there because I tried not to like laugh too hard in the microphone, but. I'm not gonna lie, it was, it was jokes and Uriel is hilarious. I say that about everyone, but maybe I just like to get people hilarious and I do laugh a lot. But anyway, here we go. And it's recording? Yay! Um, so I'm here at the Bassey Arts Centre. Um, we have a, we both have a pint of cider because it's so hot. And yes. um, so <laughs> I'm sitting here with uh, Uriel Klein Congo, who is the writer and creator of Yvette. Um, which is a one-woman show, and I saw that at um, I saw the South Bank Centre when it was previewing yeah. for kind of that was like the press stuff, wasn't it? Because uh, for yeah, yeah, for the Woman of the World Festival, yeah, which yeah. is really cool actually. Wow, it's such a cool festival, um, and also going to the Bush, which is lovely. Yeah, like the Bush is it's such a nice new building. Yeah, it's so, it's so good. I actually work there doing front of house. Really? So yeah. Wow, look at that. People dream of that. You've literally done the dream. <laughs> so people work at box office going, I'm going to be at the fit. Like, I'll work at the National so I can just get to the National. Mm. And you did it in the bush. That's so cool. Yeah, it's insane. I've actually managed to make that jump. Yeah. Um, so how did you get it at the bush then? Um, I think it's just because having um, like worked front of house there, um, like 
everyone who works there is like mm. a family. Like oh, we're all very nice. nice to each other. Yeah. Like Madly comes down, he chats to all of he's us. So he's he's so actually cool. so cool. Yeah. Like he he doesn't just exist in an office somewhere upstairs. He yeah. actually talk, talks to everyone in the building, mm. and he has major respect for everyone. So when I told him I was going to Edinburgh, yeah. Um, China had already suggested, um, invited him to come anyway, but I was just like chilling at the bar, like doing the, my, yeah. my, my work, you know, basically. And I was just like, Manly, I'm going to Edinburgh. I hear you're going to be up there for a bit. Will oh, you come yeah. see it? Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on my list of things to come see when I get up there. And then he came to see it. Yeah. And I was just like, Yeah, I'm close. And he stood up, like, he gave me a standing ovation That's after. So, cool. so I was just a bit like, yeah. Oh, wow, he liked yeah. it. And when I got back, he was just like, What are you doing with the show? What are yeah. you doing with the show? It was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, like, we had already got all these offers, like, to do, like, Camden People's Theatre mm. had asked. Um, so that they're part of the London tour as well. Uh, Shoreditch Town Hall, wow. the Albany, because I also previewed at the Albany before I actually went oh, to Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah. yeah, so they were also very interested. Yeah. And um, so because of those, like, yeah. uh, the, those kind of connections, we were like, oh, what do we do? And then, like, we made an idea. We, well, actually, it was Kaya, my producer, yeah. who was like, actually, we should do a London tour, because yeah. usually when you get like interest from a London theatre you either stick to the one and do like a long run yeah um or like that and it's never really done like where you can go to like each venue in London mm. so the, we managed to make the venues agree to let me do like Different, a little tour yeah. Yeah. so I've got five London venues yeah and as I think I do like two or three performances at mm. each yeah. and um and the bush it's longer isn't it the bush I think it's bit more I don't yeah, know I think, I, I think it's two or three more I don't know but um I do little rounds yeah. the London venues and that gives me a chance to actually get to know them more yeah. and see what's up um which is <laughs> see what cool. spaces like you can vibe with and think about like yeah that's really nice actually but it's also quite nice to even see Madney Mad like yeah. see me as an artist and yeah. because I think you know like I think he knows that most of us in the building yeah. who work there are like writers, directors, yeah. da 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 da. Because the best place to work is like in those spaces. Yeah. yeah. But I think he's definitely, it's nice to know that he, he respects us yeah. even at the beginning of our careers because yeah. we're not particularly all like well known <laughs> directors and stuff because even though we live like, <laughs> yeah. we all work in the building, we're not there. Yeah. <laughs> we're still not there. We yeah. still do the day job. Yeah. We still do the day job. <laughs> but he's very respectful of everyone, which is great. That's yeah. so cool. And um, how did you get into like acting and performing and writing? Um, I I did a course called Playing Up with the National Youth Theatre. Yeah. Uh, it was a social inclusion course. Um, I had really not done well in my A levels. I mean, mm. I passed them. Could have gone to any mm. just any uni. Yeah. But really, I just didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And if I had just gone to any uni, I think mm. I would have been screwed. <laughs> so um, um, and my mum was like, just get a job. <laughs> do yeah. something with your yeah. life. You know, you've already let us down. You're with, you know, good African yeah. children go and become accountants and yeah, lawyers. And I didn't have the grades yeah. to do that. Yeah. So she was already, get, she had given up. Um, and at which point I had kind of given up too. But then mm. uh, I saw on the national, I thought, 
I remember, I reminded, no, mm. I remember that when I was at school, I was pretty good at like drama. Yeah. Um, never did like the GCSE or anything because my mum was like dead set against it. <laughs> but I knew I was like pretty good at drama. Mm. I loved being that. Also, it was just in my character. So I was yeah. like, yeah. And I saw National Youth Theatre on online and yeah. how they were recruited for playing up. So I went and signed up, uh, auditioned, mm. like did the workshop day, got in. And it was like the best year of my life. That's like, so cool. a whole year. Yeah, it was like it was pretty much nine months, but yeah, yeah pretty. It, that's a long time though. That's like that's a lot of training and making like yeah. Because you got the, the equivalent of two A levels as well doing it. Really. So yeah, and that, it upped my UCAS points to another level as well. I didn't know that they did this. Yeah. That's amazing. It huh. was really good. It, ah, I'm telling you, yeah. like we worked with. Um, like at the time, we had Kathy Owen, who who's the uh, her show Kathy for uh, is that Soho Theatre, Cardboard yeah, Citizens yeah, yeah. Kathy. Yeah, yeah, she was the head of um, playing up playing up at that time. Oh yeah, Cardboard she, Citizens she, are really cool. Aren't they? Yeah. they do really good um, community stuff, don't they? Mm. I think I saw that they were looking for jobs there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Ka- yeah, she wasn't the head, but she was yeah. like the teacher, like the facilitator mm. on the course and so was Carolina Giamente who's like won an award for short films wow. um, so mm. she was on it as well teaching us. Anna Nyland was actually the head of the project yeah. um, Who's what, Anna Nyland? Uh, she's like the associate director of the National Youth Theatre with Paul and Paul Roseby as oh. well but she like was like the main mm. eye over playing up and we learned everything classic texts how to like yeah. analyze a script, all these things. We did like we even did a show at the end at the Alcola Theatre, wow. and it was my first step into yeah. theatre. And I was just like, I fell in love like during that whole experience. Mm. I I really found my love for like writing and going mm. to. Th- I'd never been to the theatre until playing up actually. Really? Did they take you to see? Stuff? Yeah, we got to see <laughs> shows. Like uh, I remember we went to see a few shows at the Young Vic. And yeah. they paid for us. Because Young Vic is so good at making sure the community around them is involved. Mm. Like, I think that's something really good that they do. Yeah. But it was an amazing, like, year. And that, that was my introduction to theatre. Yeah. It's where I met Hamira. Yeah. Who, uh, who yeah, we met. Yeah. But, like, she, that we, we met on that course. Yeah. And um, it was, like, literally, like, the year of, like, mm. awakening for me. And, actually, they they paid for some of our drama school auditions and then we did like a panel on uh, classic and contemporary speeches Mm -hmm. we had mono boxing help us pick speeches yeah and then um i auditioned at multiple drama schools and got into east 15 um although i was told which was funny like because some of the people in my class as well they they were like (coughs) sorry I've auditioned like four times for drama school and never yeah. gotten in. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to audition and I probably won't get in in the first year. Yeah. And I got in in the first year. Oh, <laughs> and I was just like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I kind of underestimated yeah. myself there yeah. because everyone had been like, yeah, four, yeah. three years, two years. I mean, really auditioned. Yeah, some people Gosh, go so the rounds yeah. for drama school and you're like... And also it's like a year... Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of strength that I don't think I <laughs> Exactly. Like, I would be like, you know, I'm just going to go for this career. I'm not going to audition. If that doesn't accept me, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I got into E15 um, on the BA Acting mm-hmm. and Contemporary Theatre course. Um, and I think I learned a lot on that course. 
and I think that's where I got into writing. It got it's where I got into writing mm. properly, actually. Do they do writing on the course? We do writing. Oh, we did. Good, yeah. We had a writing tutor, Charlotte Josephine, who wrote Bitch Boxer was her oh, teacher. Wow. She's an alumni as well of the yeah, course. Yeah, so she came in mm. and taught us how to write, basically. <laughs> um, and everyone wrote plays. Um, Sixteen of us wrote plays, mm. and only six of our plays got picked. And then my play got picked. Yeah which was funny because it was only five pages at the time and it was called Untitled. Mm. And then like my head of course, Uri was like, you have to finish it. Mm. I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, do I have to? He's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was really scared. Yeah. And also because when I originally wrote the play, I actually wanted it to be a multiple person play. But yeah. there, wasn't, there weren't the people in my class to be honest. Oh, so you just thought, I better just do it. I ha- it had to be a one-woman yeah. show, but originally it yeah. would have been like a multiple-person play yeah. because, like, yeah, because there just wasn't everyone in my class was yeah. white, <laughs> and I was like yeah. the one cocoa pop in the Rice Krispies. And your show is about your family, <laughs> so you kind of needed, and your be- your family and your best friend. <laughs> yeah. So and that guy. Yeah. It's also his mixed race, isn't it? Yeah. So no, you couldn't. No, no there was no, no one. one. No one. No one. And it wasn't even like and like our head of course at the yeah. time, like our head of course Uri was like just like dead set, like mm. dead against me put anyone bringing in any BA acting people to help. Really? Because what they do, some some of the debut yeah. festival stuff is that you can get some of the straight BA acting people. Yeah to come into Zabie Festival and I think they had kind of stopped that this year and been like oh. we're not going to blur that that yeah. line they're, they're one course we're one course so they, he was like no you couldn't because I was thinking oh at least if this is a multiple person play I can, I can pick yeah. the like the the, <laughs> the, one? the wait, one out well, two of the three mixed race girls in that year <laughs> and was there one wait no that no, was there there's no black guy Oh no, there was one black guy, but then he like, got like held back. Yeah, so like that was my like my pickings basically. Wow. <laughs> that's not a lot. That's really not, is it? Sure it has, like what six? Is it? No, I mean, if you can't string together, there's so there's like many Patrice, yeah. there's like uh, Jess, yeah. um, which actually could have been played by anyone yeah. in the class because she's a white girl. Yeah. Uh, so wait, oh, Patrice, yeah. Jess, Lewis, the uncle. The mom yeah. and effect. So six people. Six people, and you couldn't find enough no. of color no. to represent six people. No. Thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> That's just two years yeah. of acting. Thirty-two yeah. people. Out. Yeah. No, it wouldn't have happened. So it had to be a one-woman show. Yeah. And actually, I think it worked in my favor yeah. a lot because I think. When it came to showcase, I even did a bit of Yvette for show oh, cool. for my showcase, yeah. um, and it got me a lot of um, agent interest as well wow. from it. Um, um, and I think really, I didn't really think I was going to do much with Yvette because mm. a lot of people had plans for their plays. A lot of people went into debut thinking, mm. "I'm going to do debut, and then after <laughs> that, we're going to raise money and we're yes. going to go to Edinburgh." I was like, "I'm going to do debut." And that's it. Because yeah. do I have the expense to be going to Edinburgh? No. no. And like so many people were saying, um, 
talk, I was talking to someone about Edinburgh, and I'm like, no, no, I wouldn't go. And I think so many times when it comes to like people of colour, going to Edinburgh is not a financial thing that makes sense. No. Because you're like, I'd better be one funded, or the show better kicked ass in London, mm-hmm. so I'm going to take it to Edinburgh Fringe, so I know it's going to sell out. Yes. And like, I think the way that I said to um, Natasha Marshall is that her show Halfbreed went up there with several theatre and like and Talawa support Talawa as well. yeah. and, and they're two very strong platforms exactly, in which to yeah. have shows built upon and that's where yeah. I think like if I feel like her show mm. would have done like I mean when I was in Edinburgh mm. there wasn't like a place I didn't see her poster <laughs> or like her posters are really cool as well or like, like there wasn't even a um, in the news like well, I think one of the newspapers yeah. you can open the newspaper without seeing <laughs> her face in it so she had she had the marketing yeah. down behind her. Yeah. Whereas when I went up to Edinburgh, thank goodness I had China Plate. Yeah. I'm so grateful for like them taking because yeah. they, they took on my show straight yeah. after debut. They were like, Oh, we wanna help you develop mm. and, and go further with this and I was like, Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean I wasn't planning on doing anything with it, but great, yeah, yeah. let's do this. Um, but honestly, like do being up there well as an unknown mm. I mean, I did have the backing of a very good, like, production, production company, yeah. but the flyering and the going into shops and yeah. putting your poster up yeah. and, like, fighting for poster space and, like, being in the street, like, listen, you don't know who I am, but this show is good. Come yeah. and see it. Um, was hard. was really hard. I mean... When you see, when you're up there, you see some of those, like, especially uh, girls, like, before they even went up, before they even went up there, you saw these massive posters that said girls, as you walked down, like, most of, like, Edinburgh, you'd see these fat posters, you knew girls was coming to town, you know, people were going to book those tickets. We also knew knew in London, because it was being tweeted, girls going to Edinburgh, girls going to, yeah. yeah. And, but, like, with Vivette, it was a lot harder getting people through the door. It, and also because it's not, I feel like with Edinburgh, if it's not like a funny show, yeah, that like because people love funny shows, they go up to Edinburgh, they get pissed, they want to go see yeah. a comedy, something really funny. So like I wasn't really selling out, yeah, ever, really. I mean, I had a lot of in, it, it, like industry, but loved even. Yeah. I feel like that's what I had more industry intake, people from around in in the theatre world coming yeah. in but like in, in terms of like Edinburgh fringe public mm. it was a, a lot harder to get because the show yes it's funny mm. but like you don't I don't think a lot of them got that sense that it was that yeah. and also they were worried about it being sad because you know no yeah. one wants to see anything sad in Edinburgh yeah. no sad real dramatic shows don't get sold no, out at the fringe you that's the yeah. truth unless it's train spotting <laughs> exactly so, yeah that's but rarely does yeah no, I mean actually I haven't, I haven't watched I haven't watched it but I'm speaking um, I'm working with someone who is the assistant director on it and they seem to be funny bits but still but I, I find that that's like the case of most Edinburgh shows. They do not, like if they're not comedies or like, and if you don't have like a major big theatre en- like entity or yeah. like product, like if, yeah, if you, if you haven't got like the bush mm. or the, like or. the place supporting you as well, the place. Theater. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't got those like names yeah. attached to the piece, it's not going to like yes. sell out loads. Um, 
so yeah but it must admit that year that you went if you went up with girls and um and half-breed and um, quarter-life crisis that was like a real big year for black women yes in edinburgh like when i and selena there, thompson was up there oh, with salt was, yeah oh that's amazing because like when i went up there like a year and a half you know year before or two uh-huh. there was literally i didn't think i saw any black women shows really like, i didn't see anything and that was like no that's 20 did i graduate 20 yeah 2015 wow well you know i met um the thing that i loved about edinburgh though I think, um, actually, it was hard the first two weeks because mm-hmm. doing a solo show is like it's quite heavy, and you know, you, it's really boring. Like by yourself after you've done the show, you're like, what do you do with yourself? You're also like, oh my gosh, like you have to do some like flyering now, mm-hmm. and that soul's destroying enough, and you're like, what do I do? Yeah. And oh, thank goodness, like the guys from High Rise Theatre Company were doing Concrete Jungle Book at the time, oh, so after I've done my flying yeah. I was hanging out with those boys <laughs> and we were just having the most fun yeah. like they were my bit of like chill yeah. in Edinburgh and then they left me because they were there for <laughs> only two weeks and then like, were that, you there the whole month but yeah and then I had that one day off and the one day off that I had they weren't yeah. there they had just left and I was like okay what do I do I was planning on doing all these amazing yeah. things instead I cried during that whole day off I cried and ate dominoes oh, in my oh, bed dear. and then had like a FaceTime conversation with Selena yeah. Donson yeah. who was like Gloria, are you doing any self-care? And I was like, what do you mean self-care? Yeah. I'm feeling sad. What yeah. can I talk about if I've painted my nails? If I've done oh, a... that Lush, because Lush always does something. Yeah. Lush always does something. They, do bath, they yeah. do bath bombs yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, like, have you yeah, done any of these sad, things? Yeah. I was like, no. Why would you ask me yeah. these silly questions? And I was like, no, you actually have a point. I've done yeah. none of that. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it even got to the point where I was like, like, I had to ask myself when I got to the venue, yeah. like, before doing the show, did I brush my teeth this <laughs> Did I actually... Like, I had to be like, did, did you brush your teeth? Like, did you just, like, get up and, Did like, you just get up or, like, and just transport yourself here? Are you still wearing your pyjamas or have you changed? Like, to, like, double check. Because you kind of, like, go into this zombie mode of, like, I have to go do a show at one o'clock, I have to do this, I have to do that. So you kind of forget yourself yeah. at all. And like, it got to the point where I was like eating like the most rubbish. Yeah. Going down to co-op and like getting a frozen pizza yeah. or like order like getting a McDonald's or ordering a Domino's or that was a constant thing with me, like secretly just going to my room and like munching and then going to sleep. I was Netflixing and chilling most of my evenings in Edinburgh. It took me like it took Selena talking to me, like, have you actually done yeah. like things for yourself? And I was like, No, I actually I really haven't yeah. done nothing, like, for myself yeah. that's, like, Uriel time. And yeah. so I had to kind of invent, like, a space of self-care yeah. during that whole time. And then it actually got better towards the end. Fringe got better. I spoke to Natasha Marshall. Mm. Like, we chatted yeah. for a bit. She was really nice. Um, I spoke to... I met the girls from Hot Brown Honey. Mm. I saw Hot Brown Honey. Was it Selena it was the one who told me, go see it. Yeah. It's going to make you feel better. I went... <laughs> And I smiled so much <laughs> after that show yeah. because it's just like this mad cabaret yeah. about like blackness and oh, they're telling you like, yeah. don't touch my hair. They had sassy songs like, don't touch my, not touching my hair. And I had my afro out, yeah. And I sat in the audience and there was this woman. I could see she was curious about my afro. So when yeah. that song came out, I was like, girl, you hear what, do you hear what they're saying? Don't touch yeah. my hair. Yeah. Like it was, <laughs> so 
it was such a good like having yeah. hot brown honey yeah. but it's not it hasn't been to london has it I oh think. no they i think they're doing an r d process at mm. the roundhouse soon i've applied for it so i suggest okay. you apply for this it this is that one with the the questionnaire that they yes, yes. Oh, you know have you applied, yeah, for, you have applied it. for it hopefully and we'll I, get it yeah. together and we'll do it together because <laughs> i keep looking and i was like has the date closed and yeah. they're still looking i was like yes. come on just yes. close right now it like, would be great because yeah. you also get paid for it as well yeah. and, and also, it's anonymous as well so it's not like yeah <laughs> yes i mean it could be amazing and yeah. those women are they're like they're wacky, they mad, so cool, yeah. quirky, like me. Mm. And it makes, when they came to, they came to see that, yeah, oh, yeah, they did. And after like the show, yeah. um, like we got to like just mm. dancing in the theater. Yeah. Like, we were taking our time with the get out at that time because oh, yeah. I was just like so happy they came. Yeah. And we actually all met because while we were in Edinburgh, yeah. Selena organized uh, with the Hot Brown Honey Girls, yeah. uh, an artist of color meetup. Wow. And all the artists met at the fringe yeah. all the artists of color and it was very interesting <laughs> what? so interesting yolanda was there as well yeah. we were all there everyone yeah. was there and and when i tell you the stories it made me feel less alone as well yeah they were like wow we got to edit it was so yeah. it's so white around here i was it like is, yes yeah. high five for you all and oh, then they were like do you know that like I've, some of them had like like incidents where people being very like kind of racist yeah i went into a pub in edinburgh yeah. to put up my flyer yeah. and i had my headscarf on yeah. and this guy was like you know you should go back to your country <laughs> I like and i looked him in the face like yeah. are you serious yeah. like i'm just wearing like i'm just here trying to like leave oh, my, my flyers yeah. in the pub yeah. and you're telling me i should go back to my country because i'm wearing a head wrap yeah. And the woman behind the bar just kind of looked at him and was like, what the hell? Yeah. What, what's he saying? Yeah. She just thought, we both looked at him confused and just like, was like, okay, I'm leaving yeah. this. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's ridiculous. What I find so funny about the headscarf thing is that it's actually people, um, black women had to do it because our hair was banned yeah. in like the 1700s. So black women had to wear headscarves. That's why there was headscarves in photos and they were under hats. But, um, and it was actually banned to show your black hair. So that's how black women in Europe and out of started wearing headscarves. Really? Yeah. And I white, had no idea. And here white people go and go back to your country wearing a headscarf. like, well, you, we kind of took this back <laughs> on because you banned it. <laughs> so it's just really ridiculous. But also it's insane because I was just kind of like, you have no idea how many brown people probably built half the architecture yeah. in this life. Especially Edinburgh. Yeah. Like, slave money. No, yeah. Anytime I go to port cities now, I'm like, slave money. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Plymouth and I was like, this is beautiful, but you were built on slave money. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't deal with it anymore. I look at the buildings and I'm like, oh. slave money. Yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous. But um, that's, that's really cool. I'm kind of glad that you guys met up in Edinburgh mm. because it's, it must have been... Edinburgh is a weird place, like in terms of um, when it comes to Edinburgh Fridge, because it has been a very white background, and then the, all the international shows are coming from, like as I always say, like from Korea or China or Brazil, and they're like big mm. troops coming to Australia perform. as well. Australia, so it's not yeah. like it's not usually. Brown Honey was the one ethnic show coming from Australia. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah, it was well, all ethnic yeah, women, yeah. all like um, black women, mm. and like I was just like. Yeah, and even the comedians are not that diverse. No, they're really not at yeah. all. Yeah. I mean, they're getting better now, but it's not great. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, after, I mean, I'm glad yeah. I did Fringe. 
and then I got put on the British Council's artist to watch list. Oh, that's so and cool. And that was quite cool. Yeah. Um, because I know that Yolanda and Natasha with the British Council got to do take their shows. Like, yeah. To in they got went to India, Nigeria. Yeah. And that's a really good list to be on. I'm guessing like mm-hmm. that's really good because you can. I mean, I was meant to go to Germany, but that kind of fell through last oh. minute, which is sad. <laughs> I'm sure if it's that was my that was again. that was yeah. my bit of yeah. international touring yeah. gone, but it's okay. No. I mean, I believe Yvette has a path of it, like her own, yeah. and if it's not you know Germany, then it's okay. It might yeah. be France. It, it might, might be. be. It might yeah. be Cuba. It might be somewhere <laughs> hot. It might be somewhere <laughs> cold. We don't know. And would you ever translate it into French? Because you would you do. It for because you speak fluent French. That's a good question. Because I think that your story would be very relatable for Black French community, the Black French community. Oh yeah, actually, I haven't actually thought about that. Yeah. And I think it could be quite cool yeah. actually. Um, and also, you could take it also to. There's a huge. Well, you can both take it to the, the Anglophones and Francophone African countries. I mm-hmm. think that we should go because I know I love Nigeria, cool. But like, there's other. There's 52 other countries. Yes. And I'm always like, someone send theatre to Zambia. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm from. I'm like, please just send it there. <laughs> like, we need it. Because so much of our youth is like, just, they don't know what to do and they don't have anything to, like, to my bring friend, to. My friend is from Namibia. Yeah. Oh, and she's been like, yeah. she's like, you need to come to Namibia with Eva. Yeah. I'm like, I'd love to. Like, <laughs> we should hook this up yeah. soon. Like, um, I, I also know that I have relatives in Cameroon who are like, yeah. when are you bringing it? <laughs> and they're just like, um, oh, I don't know yeah. how it works, but we'll make it work somehow. Um, and also I've got people in America who have been like, yeah. if your show came to the States, oh, like, it cool. would destroy it. Like, it'd be amazing. <laughs> like, you have no idea... Like, it's going to be, like, epic for women. It's, like, totally hip. And you're like, cool. It's, like, passionate. Like, people are just like, yeah, it's going to be really nice to have it. I think it really resonate with our audience. (laughs) America's like, oh, my God, this is sick. Like, you need to get it. You need to get it. But, like, I think, do you know what? I think that's what I, um, why I I just, I love the American Society's 50 because. They're just as like quirky and yeah. wild as me. So I'm just like, yeah, you should see me. I switch, like, I have a, Even you know, an alter ego. Yeah. That, like, I, you know, I call her Sharkweekwee. <laughs> and it's like the, you know, my ghetto kind of Atlanta queen <laughs> accent that comes out yeah. when I'm overly excited. Really? About <laughs> I'd be like, oh my gosh, you heard my girl, Yolanda, she out here with her show, she doing her thing. I'll be like, talk about all my other fellow artists. Yeah, Yeah, girl, she about to do her thing. Trust me, Instagram, yeah, Yeah. I'm the worst. Okay, well, we'll you'll be watching it. I'll be watching it. At you, you Klein McCongo, you'll have fun. Trust me. Because you've got, um, Bolhan is now directing it. Yeah. And how's that been? Because you also, like, I had a different one. Yeah, a different one, and you've taken this whole journey of you writing five pages, Mm -hmm. and then it being like, well, you need to now do it as a show, and now it's a show, and you're the fringe, and now. And it's even grown as it's gone, like doing the show. I'm guessing you get all changes and things. And how is it? So how's it been now having Bolahan compared to before? So I had um, I started with a student director yeah. who I was at E15 with called Marielle okay. um, Hinching. She's like uh, the, she's German, yeah. um, really great like director artist. Um, and we 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 worked on the show at school. And then mm-hmm. after that, 
Rebecca Atkinson Lord took it on. She used to be artistic director of Oval House back oh, in the yeah. day. Um, and we worked together. And then I kind of decided in this last bit that I mm. needed a change. Um, I needed Bolahan because, um, like, you know, I just knew that I need, there was something missing from the play that I'm like an extra five minutes. Mm. And I didn't feel like I could, um, I tried to bring it out when I was working with Rebecca, yeah. but I didn't think we had that mutual understanding of the world yet. Yeah. So I, when I spoke, when, I, when, when we were going around this time, I was like, I need a new, I need to look at getting an ethnic minority director yeah. this time. Um, because I feel like th- I need someone who understands this mm. world, who gets this world, yeah. really gets it. And um, I met with uh, Lekan, uh, mm. who actually works in this building. Oh, um, um, <laughs> and I met with Bolahan. Yeah. And then uh, I was just like, Bolahan, mm. we just, yeah, that's my, we just got along and I knew. Mm. And also because we, I am. Um, we took part at the Young Hearts Festival oh, okay. last yeah. year, and I won my night. Uh-huh. I beat Bolahan that night. <laughs> I rub it in his face every rehearsal. It's so much fun. I'm yeah. like, Bolahan, do you remember yeah. that time that I beat you what at the Young it? Hearts? What was it? Did you write? Oh, you wrote, did you write something? Yeah, so it was like emerging versus professional writers oh. and he was the profession one of the professionals oh, I was that, yeah they're doing that it's coming up soon isn't it or oh, is no, it happening it's now? got no it's happened, happened. Oh, it's, it's happened, happened. Okay. this year's one's happened yeah. um but like yeah. honestly so you like beat Bonham, I, like, beat Bonham, I, beat I beat Bonham and I beat you <laughs> I won my night I was just like yeah, yeah Bolahan yeah. take you down yeah. <laughs> but obviously he's a he's no, I mean his CV is like something else me I'm not there yet but you know he's what I'm aspiring to like get you know get to um and also it was just great because he's a writer yeah. and not just a director so like yeah. so um when he was giving me like dramaturgy notes yeah. on turgical yeah. dramaturgical is that what yeah, yeah. dramaturgical notes yeah. on um the changes and things i was doing on either okay. and he was very helpful like we've been working on this like he's really been like yeah. the yeah, he's made. I feel like Yvette has grown so much mm. in what it is now that I'm proud of what it is now mm. more than I, what it was before. I feel like the growth it's made has been worth it, and he's been so supportive. Mm. And I look up to him a lot, and his and just everything. He's, like, yeah, he's a really nice guy, and he, I feel like he will always want to strive to get the best out of something. Yeah, and I think he's he's also very respectful of this being my like no it's not my story but your but it's loosely based on my own um, my own experience i just wrote it away from me enough to be safe (laughs) um that yeah that uh i just wrote it away from me enough to be safe and um yeah and bolahan has been very respectful of like my relationship to the show and helping me, like, even make it further, a thing of its own than mm. a part of me. Do you know what I mean? Because like, at the beginning, I think what made it really hard for me to perform at the beginning is that it felt too much like me. Uh, and then slowly I was pushing it yeah. further away from me as I was, like, making edits and changes. Mm. And now it feels more or less like a very different person. Like a separate, separate entity yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like either as a different person, yeah. that world is actually very different. We still have our similarities, 
we're still very different yeah. and I really think it makes it healthier for me to perform yeah. Yeah. and also I have like this my team that I work with at the moment is amazing I have like um you know Kaya my producer and like Katie who's like my production manager and she kind of like we're like in the van together <laughs> from Monday yeah. going to Norwich and Har- Norwich wow. and Norwich and Harlow wow. and like you know we're gonna be doing yeah. them and then we'll be going to Birmingham soon as well wow. so yeah. but um also I had I have Lou who's a well-being pr- practitioner so oh, like oh. I have sessions with her like once a week yeah. and we like <clears throat> talk about how I feel in relationship to the show like yeah. if I'm okay if I'm yeah. mentally okay um <clears throat> because it's a heavy show yeah and she just wants to make sure that I and everyone wants to make sure that I'm just in a good place yeah. and it's good to have them mental that's so, yeah yeah I think that's really helpful because sometimes people don't realize this um just speaking to another actor about this stuff today like they just don't realize that we need the support and especially when it comes to if also drama schools want to have diverse students and you want to have these shows we need the support to make sure that we are okay because a lot of people are not coming back then they're going to be thrown into back places that they've never been before mm. and i'm i remember touring i've toured like regionally around england and mm-hmm. sometimes i'm thinking i was like i was like i'm glad i've been in situations where i'm not the only where I'm the only black person for a lot of the time. So I don't think touring companies think when they send people of colour on tour to like North Manchester or like Newcastle. It's like, yeah, we'll just send you there. And then you get there and you're like, where the fuck am I? People are looking at me in the pub. Like, I mean, I, yeah. was, in, I was in Oxford recently. Yeah. And like, I mean, to be honest, I'm getting used to it, yeah. which is actually shameful because I don't <laughs> yeah. want to get used to it. And I don't think it should get used to it. And, yeah. But like when you're in like Oxford and you're yeah. like, oh, majority of this audience is white and there's, yeah. like, two brown people in the audience. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing, like, when I was in Hull, yeah. everyone was white. When I was in, like, like doing yeah. the whole city of culture, almost every person, every, like, school, like, place really? was white. Yeah. But I mean, of, um, in, isn't, I mean, this assumption is a big, huge Indian population, isn't there? Yes, but I don't think a lot of them go to the theatre. Oh, no, to the theatre, but in school, but in, did you do school performances? Mm, they were in schools, but yeah. it was like, bit, like a, it was like a... Was whole, it aimed it, at the theatre kids? Or? It was like theatre audiences. It oh, wasn't just like theatre kids. It was like, theater. it was like adults, like everyone. Like, yeah. So like... They don't know it's for them. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's sad, that, yeah. you know, because as much as we want like, audiences in London are getting a bit more diverse like outside London is like still pretty pretty bad like very white audiences and I think it's kind of good that we are going out there with our um, stories because as much as we're like oh there's not enough of them uh, uh, not enough of us out there I think it's going to encourage yeah. enough of us to come up and represent and help and yeah. and, and just be in the audience yeah. and read and listen to the stories like yeah that we all share, like, in those areas. And yeah. I think it, it, eventually we will come to that point. But um, I think London still has that journey to go through as well. <laughs> Some theatres, my favourite thing is going to, like, a theatre at 2 o'clock in the afternoon to watch a show in the matinee, and you're like, oh, my God, these are the true audience members. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's when you see who the theatre, like, really has. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to ask you, I, haven't, I will explain this in the beginning of the podcast, even though I'm saying this now. Um, about the story of Yvette, but what made you write it, and can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, okay, uh, Yvette is a story loosely based on my own experience of sexual abuse, and how I 
manage to get up and go after such trauma. But in the context of Yvette, um, she's a 13-year-old girl who goes through um, this trauma but is also trying to figure out what it is to be a woman. Is trying to grow up in like this environment that imposes these ideas of what it is to be a woman and and is trying to figure out what makes her beautiful um, and is not quite comfortable in her own skin and basically has to go through uh, various things to understand herself. Um, but also she is funny and quirky and loves to dance and she's just young and I think she's some she's a character that anyone I think can relate to and enjoy. Because it's that in between stage, like looking at yeah, that in between stage of being thirteen and not like you think everyone's doing one thing mm-hmm. and you're trying to get what everyone's doing but really they're not and it's kind of like in between you're like why yeah. but like when you like shaving your legs and like let's see where you have to like <laughs> shave your shave your what was, I don't say um, did I say pussy no, no, just, <laughs> anyway say it, shaving and then you're like it's that thing because I remember when my friends were like I shave my legs and I was like okay I'm going to shave my legs I was, like, I was like do I need to and I was like I don't even know what I was doing <laughs> I remember begging my mum if I could, like, shave my vagina. Yeah. And she was just like, no. <laughs> you actually and I asked was like, her. I asked her. Really? And yeah. I was like, mum, but, but it itches. <laughs> like, I would be like, it itches, yeah. mum. And it's just uncomfortable. Like, what do you do yeah. with it? Yeah. She's like, she's like, you're too young. Yeah. There's no men going there. And I'm telling you, no men will be yeah. going there <laughs> until but you're married. But it's funny also, like, how we have to shave for men. Mm-hmm. But, no, you wanted to shave it yourself. Because that it was itchy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but my mum was like, no, yeah. men are going there. Yes, yes, <laughs> small girl, why do you want to shave? She like she used to Ew. think that was me, like, now telling her that I'm, I have yeah. boyfriends and stuff, <laughs> you know? And also, I think one of the things that I love about, the, like, Eva is that it really shows you what it's like when you come from African households mm-hmm. and these, like, there's these expectations, the expectations that are put on you as a woman. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think... The things I like to, that I explore in this play, and it's like stuff like what it is to be a woman in even in the cultural sense. Because yeah. like when you come from an African household, I remember like my mom when I was young, like used to be like, if you if you can't cook, you'll never keep a husband. Yeah. Like you're like what? Mm. Like if you can't cook, you know. I used to get. I mean, I still to this day yeah. get critiques <laughs> on how I like cook fish, or like how I yeah. boil rice. She's like, it's still, it's not, it's still a bit mushy, which means you didn't put enough water, you, didn't, you put too much water, so you haven't, yeah. so who's going to marry you? Like, there's things like that. And my mum used to say, my mum used yeah. to, uh, my uncle, yeah. my uncle does it too. Yeah. He makes this joke, like, that when, yeah. um, when a man comes to um, ask for my, when, my, when a man comes to mm. ask what my bride price is, he's going to say, that um, a glass of water because it's easier to return. <gasps> yes, because oh apparently gosh. I would make such a useless life. 
that when you get, you get returned. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's 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 so sad because. But also, like, it's the it's that thing like where it puts a lot of pressure on women, on especially African yes. women or just minority women in general because it's, yeah. it's a very it's cultural thing. Asian thing. Asian, thing. Asian yeah. it's an Asian yeah. thing too. Yeah. And also, you just like you, it puts a lot of pressure on the women because it reminds me of that. Like, I'm never gonna pronounce this yeah. woman's name right. Chimanda. Chimanda Yeah. Oh my days. Yeah. All right. So, like, when she says we teach girls to aspire to marriage, but we don't teach boys the same. And I think that line itself makes so much sense. Yeah. Because it's true. We, like, women grow up. I think of my, I have two younger brothers. We have been brought up very differently. (laughs) Yeah. I think my brother can't even boil pasta. But me, I must be able to boil pasta, cook everything, rice, fish, marinate it properly. No, no, no. But my brother, he can go outside, fool around. Talk to girls at yeah. his age as well. Whereas at my, when I was his yeah. age, my mum was like, keep that nyash closed. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it must yeah. be sealed yeah. until you're married. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know, she's the be like, your body is a temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your body is a temple. <laughs> oh yeah. gosh, that's stuff. And also, um, I really liked in your play the relationship with the uncle mm-hmm. because it really like jarred me because so much, and it used to frustrate me as a kid, we are taught to be so submissive mm-hmm. to these male people, like these males in our family, who mm-hmm. we have no idea who they are. Yeah. And they're freeloading. Mm-hmm. Your uncle comes, has not lifted a finger. Mm-hmm. Mama, go get a glass for your uncle. Go, 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 go get him some food. Mm-hmm. He's a grown man, he has two legs. Yeah. He can go to the kitchen. <laughs> There's a pot there with yeah. warm food. He can yeah. plate himself. Yeah. Yeah. But no, 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 you have to go no. and do that. And also doing useless things, like mm-hmm. calling you from upstairs to do something. Mm-hmm. My uncle, like, sometimes, love him daily. He doesn't listen to my podcast. But, <laughs> like, he doesn't do this less now because my mom's like, she, she put an end to this. But, like, you call me downstairs for, like, asking him stuff, like, to Google Like, he just, like, <laughs> like, he called me the other day. Oh, please, bless him. But he called me the other day, like, remember, um, how much is a coach to Manchester? Like, I've seen the coaches and sometimes they say these £10 deals. How do I get it? I'm like, I was walking near London Bridge. I was like, how the, how the hell am I going to know? Like, how am I going to know? I feel the same <laughs> way about, like, um, also, yeah. when like I've had relatives like yeah. my aunties or uncles like, and they're like the remote control is next to them, <laughs> and they'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, come and bring me the remote control." Yeah. You mean like so you can't so you run downstairs and then yeah. the remote control is actually like on the side table next to the sofa that they're sat on, <laughs> and they can't be asked to reach, yeah. but they've called you from upstairs. Yeah. To come and fix that, that's ridiculous. Like, ridiculous yeah. And now you're just like, ah, oh. no, it's true. I yeah. think that's one of the things that really, in our, in, in especially yeah. in African Asian culture, yeah. you have to question yeah. because, like, I understand. Yeah, my, and I, I think my grandma, even yeah. she read the play and she was like, you know, you these children from the west. <laughs> she was yeah. like, you children yeah. from the west. You will laugh at us, but yeah. I'm telling you, there's a reason why we are the way we yeah, are. And I'm yeah. like, I get it. I kind of get it. Yeah. You want us to be self-sufficient women, yeah. yeah. But do you not want your men to be self-sufficient exactly. too? Or must equal. they rely on, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Shouldn't it yeah. be equal? Yeah. Shouldn't there be a self-sufficiency, yeah. like? And why is it that, like, you may, like, in our culture, mm-hmm. like, you, you do love to put, like, the uncles and the, you know, yeah. the men at such a... High place, and they do you, nothing. And they do nothing. But yet, you guys, you bear the children. Yeah. You put up with their rubbish. Yeah. You, you do, you do they all the cook, cooking, clean. the cleaning, and you also yeah. go and work on top yeah. of that. So you have yeah. to, like, I feel like culturally, I wish yeah. that there was more respect 
for yeah. African women within the African community. And also owning that power. Because, like, that power, because yeah. I know like if it wasn't for like my mum pushed me so much in the arts, like I wouldn't be who I am. But like it was so great to have her support and say, Okay, you wanna do this, we'll do this. And like my grandmother even though like she helped my grandfather get his job where he was, like if it wasn't for her, and it's like we just don't own that, that yes. strength. Yeah, we don't. And, like well, I mean, like sometimes it's that strong, but like we don't own that. We are a power force, and we also don't use it for submissive to anyone because mm-hmm. I'm tired of that. But yeah, and before I forget, also um, in your show having that two worlds, mm-hmm. like that also reminded me of being with your friends, your Western friends, and being like, hey, cool, and then coming home, it's like a different world, mm-hmm. and like having that sort of like polar opposites when I saw that show oh. like just coming home it's like a, it's like okay, a different world I mean mm. I didn't have it too much but like no not I say that when I got older it became less but I was very aware that my home life mm-hmm. was very different from my from, other from school yeah. and stuff like I feel that too because yeah. even at home till this very day actually yeah. like my mom like when I was younger yeah. my mom would cuss me out <laughs> if I said in it you know yeah, what yeah. I mean like bruv <laughs> So I would never in a million years speak that kind of yeah. English at home. Yeah. So I'd be actually quite... It's funny, because when we do RP at drama yeah. school, people are like, how is it your RP is so good? I'm yeah. like, this is the accent I speak to my mother in, because my mother cannot yeah. take any kind of English yeah. unless it's proper like, English. I used to be like, um, I'd be like, what? She's like, don't say what to me. You say what to me. And I'm like, sorry. My mum used to say, pardon. <laughs> You say watch me at pardon. <laughs> you know yeah. you're about to get a snack. You can't even shut the door like those kids who like slam the door and I'm like walk out of the room. Ooh. Ooh. No, 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 no. Slamming the door or yeah. even like dropping something from the floor like boom. Yeah. Like she'll look at you. So you want to fight? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I think I'm trying to the time. We'll send you back to Zambia. Oh, you can go back I'll to Zambia. Send you back you go to the village. Yes. I was like, oh god. You can stay in the village <laughs> yeah. where you have to walk 40 kilometers to go and get water. Yeah, and no Wi Fi. <laughs> I know that world too much. Like, I know, yeah. I feel like that yeah. makes it, you know, when you grow up like yeah. that. And I think it's the common threat yeah. that yeah. most minority children get from, yeah. like, especially if you're like, is yeah. it a second generation yeah. immigrant? Like, your parents always yeah. threaten to send you back home. Yeah. And not to and the village. To no. the village, though. They're yeah. never like, oh, city centre. No, no, no. <laughs> To the village in the bush where you will have to go and collect palm nuts from the forest where there's there's snakes in the ground. No electricity, you know. It's such a threat. It is. It's always a threat. And you actually, like, you do shake, like, thinking, like, wow, that is actually... And I've, and every time I think my mum's done it on purpose. Like, every time we've been to Cameroon, my mum never lets us stay in the city. We're always in the village. She wants you to it's stay. not like we can't afford to be yeah. in the city. Yeah. But it's because she wants to punish us. <laughs> so early, yeah. Like, this is where you come this from. This is where you come yeah. from. Yeah. This is where we started. <laughs> and this is where I will send you if you try and blame me. <laughs> and also respect. Because they don't want you to see the city and think. And think like... Because your parents like, you know, we work hard to get you. You know, there's kids mm-hmm. who are living in the bush. Mm-hmm. Look at you. And you're like, they eat rice every day because that's all they can like, afford. Yeah. Yet you, you want to like eat oh chocolate bar. Don't finish it and chuck it in the bin. Do you understand the value of that chocolate bar? My mum always I remember one time when my brother, when we first came to Cameroon, my brother, um, there was like, you know, lizard on the wall. Yeah, yeah, the ones that just all the time. They're all the bedroom yeah. lizards. Yeah. My, my brother 
I refuse. He's just walked in and he started screaming yeah. and crying. Yeah. He's like, I'm not sleeping here. I'm not sleeping here. Yeah. Why? Does a lizard on the walls get to eat me yeah. at night? And I just remember just starts <laughs> looking at it as well, being like, wow, what the hell is that? And my mum was just there like, this bedroom lizard. It's just, you know, she's like, it's going to protect <laughs> It's going to protect you. I said, it's going to protect you. <laughs> She's like, they eat mosquitoes. You're going to be fine. I was like, no, no, then. Gosh. I oh. When I went to Zambia, they sprayed um, my room with doom. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the mosquito spray. Mm-hmm. Like, they spray it and they close the door for 30 minutes. But then you go in the room and it's still there. And you're just, like, sleeping in a room of fumes <laughs> to kill the mosquitoes. <laughs> and then the irony is the mosquitoes still flying around. They're still flying around. Yeah. Gosh. And also, they're like... That are like the insects in, in Africa are like three times the size of the ones here. So you'll see a dragonfly, yeah? And it looks like a flying pen. Like it literally looks like a flying pen. I saw a dragonfly for the first time. I said, so, Mum, why is there a, a pen flying in the sky? I was like, Is that Juju? That's witchcraft right there. She's like, No. Or when they, oh, when they eat bush rat, like, you know, have you ever seen bush rat? Oh, my days. I remember one time, and this is where I really realised I yeah. was in the village and that my mum had really put us yeah. in this position. Yeah. When my uncle comes with what looked like a rabbit, like a fat, tall rabbit, like yeah. huge. Just like, and then I looked at it again, and I was like, wait, that's not a rabbit. That's a full-on rat. And they're like, yeah, this yeah. is dinner tonight. And they just threw it on the fire like this, yeah. And I looked at it, I was like, mummy, I'm not eating tonight. I'm not eating tonight. She was like... Well, what are you going to eat? I don't know. I just I wait till tomorrow when there's nothing else. When there's something else, I'm not eating bush rat tonight. You change that now. She was like, No, no, this is what's for dinner. We're in the village, you know. We're not in the west. You cannot just go and order a takeaway. You want your McDonald's? There's no McDonald's. I died with absolute laughter. I couldn't. I was like, I'm not eating that food. And it was the size, I'm telling you, the size of this bush rat was like from, it was actually the height from like my knee to like my foot. Like it was tall and it was fat. Like I'm just looking at that. Never. Gosh, that's hilarious. Well, back to what do you have any advice for people who want to uh, create their own show or also you were talking about earlier off the podcast about Mm -hmm. um, just being in drama school and being that one sort of person? Uh, I feel like if you're the one, if you struggle, okay, if you're at drama school and you're like one of few, like three or whatever minorities in your school, or even if you're you're just the one, make sure you fight your corner. Do not be afraid to say things that maybe might make people feel a bit uncomfortable because I feel like people often like to be like, oh, um, here we go with your yeah. minority issues or your black people, like your black mm-hmm. issues. No, it's a problem when you're, you know, the one in yeah. the whole year. Yeah. You have the right to talk about it because it's not reflective of our industry and things are changing. And if we want to change things, then it also has to change within the tra- training environment yeah. we're in. Huge and also, yeah. it means that you, it also means, and it's not, it doesn't even just put you at a disadvantage, but it puts also the the other students who aren't minorities at a disadvantage because they don't get a real sense of what this industry really is like. Yeah. They're not seeing the full spectrum of people no. that exist in this industry. They think that this sea of Caucasian 
theatre is what is the real world. But really, it isn't. It's way more diverse than that in this actual theatre world. And in drama school, they make you feel like that one way is the only... No, just stand up for yourself and say what you have to say, you know? And, and, and if, you, if you're not being heard, write, produce, direct, wear different hats. Because it is not, I feel like nowadays it's not good enough to just be an actor. You have to be versatile. You, and especially as a minority, if you want respect, you can't be the one waiting for your agent's phone call because it's not always going to work out that way. There's tons of minorities out there as well trying to get jobs and they're not just waiting by the phone. You need to go and get the opportunities yourself. So produce, write, direct, you know, uh, do a podcast, oh. you know, <laughs> big yeah. review theatre. Yeah, do we need more black people and minorities to review theatre. Also yeah. be a... Be a be a be a technician. We need more um, do, minority yeah. technicians. It's true, you know. Yeah. It's hard getting a production a production manager who knows how to rig. Elizabeth. It's hard be, trying to get a, a production manager who knows how to rig lights and do all of that stuff. You know, who's a minority? You know, it's hard to get yeah. tech people who are, stage man, ma- management. Get around. You need to wear many many hats because it's a it, it, if you really want to like you know have a career in this and and you do and you want to be you do not want to be ignored it's important for you to basically diversify your yeah. skill set and push yourself out there um as for writing your own show i'd recommend it to anyone who actually can write um really who i mean and even if you feel that you can't and you're uncom- and you don't feel confident i say go to a writing class and pick it up like it's 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 not the easiest thing, uh, writing, but it's, it's something. It's a dedication, but also it could be. It's very good and it's very therapeutic as well, and and I think um, it's it's been very therapeutic for me as well. But I would recommend it. Like, and even when you write something, if you write anything personal, make sure you write it in a way that's safe for you, that you feel comfortable performing it in. Don't write it in a sacrificial way because I know a lot of people like to think that you have to die and sacrifice yourself for your art that's not how it works really it doesn't work like that because if you keep sacrificing and dying for your art there ain't going to be no further art <laughs> there's going to be none of you left to do it there's going to be none of you left to do it and you know you basically ended yourself before yeah. you can even do anything so yeah that's what I would recommend thank yeah. you so much Uriel for this time it's been hilarious <laughs> I will never forget that <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask my mum to be bushwhacked. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about Uriel, you can follow her on Twitter at UcleanMakongo. You can have a look below at all the links and social medias. This podcast is actually a little bit longer than I usually do, so if you like the length, please let me know. You can either email me, tweet me, comment, and while you're at it, please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and also let me know what you think about the podcast. It's really helpful to have feedback. Anyway, thank you very much. Bye.